your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Saturday, welcome to a special weekend edition of Lockdown Blue Jackets. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the loss to Chicago Blackhawks, tonight's game against Nashville, which is actually uh, in intermission as I am recording this, so I don't know who wins yet, uh, but I will find out by the end of this episode, I guess. Uh, and we also have a mailbag, so uh, we'll get right into it with the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks game. Uh, I didn't hate a lot of this game. Um, obviously, there were some parts I hated a lot. The shutout was not great. Uh, I'm sick and freaking tired of watching Patrick Kane do whatever he wants to this team. Um but apart from that, I thought it was a much better game than uh, we've played in a little while. Uh, it was much more our kind of speed, I think. It was low low event hockey, which I know everyone says is boring, but uh, I, I like it. Um, a friend of mine uh, commented on the fact that uh, Mark Lazarus, the beat writer for the Blackhawks, uh, was talking about how boring this game was, and uh, she was like... That's how you know the Blue Jackets are playing their game if the other beat reporters think that it's boring. So I will take a boring game over whatever 6-5 nightmare they give me any other uh, any other game. There's not really a lot in terms of stuff to break down, obviously. It was essentially a one nothing loss. Um, plus, you know, the obligatory empty net at the end of it. Uh, it was a much better game for Corpusalo, who has struggled the past few games. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, and just as a whole, like, the, uh, having Zach Wierenski back again settled down the defense a little bit. Having Michael Del Sotto back has settled down the defense a little bit. Um, and I'd like to see that kind of form more into place, uh, over the next the next few games. Uh, I don't know how long Gabriel Carlson will stay on the team, uh, but he's looked fine so far. Uh, he's, you know, he's had a couple of points. He's not looked, like, egregiously out of his depth, uh, which I did worry. Um, obviously, with Andrew Peake back in uh, Cleveland for the time being, um, we, we have some different... Different choices uh, to play on defense. Uh, we haven't seen Dean Kukan for a couple of games. I don't know when he'll get back into the lineup. Uh, Scott Harrington is just kind of waiting for his opportunity uh, for someone else to get injured, I guess. And then, like, if you look at the offense, it's tough to judge the offense in in a lot in a game when no one scores a goal. Um, but I do want to point out uh, that Line has, on occasion. And probably more often than I think a lot of people assumed, uh, he has been quietly quite good at defense, I think. Or I've noticed a couple of times where he is the first or second man back uh, to get the puck, which was a surprise. 
uh, but a pleasant one. So I think that kind of will do a lot towards endearing uh, Torts towards him. Um, I think Torts likes him okay anyway. Uh, that one situation aside where he um, he managed to... He didn't manage. Uh, that one situation where he got benched for mouthing off to an assistant coach aside, I think. Uh, so, you know, I think it, the more he kind of plays that kind of game, the more he's going to fit in well with this system. Um, I've liked the look of the new lines so far. Um, Bjorkstrand and Line A on the same line is looking really good. Uh, Felino has not been terrible in between them. Uh, I do want to see Texier in that number one spot at some point, because I do think Texier, Bjorkstrand, Line A is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but I feel like it might give Tortorella some fits vis-a-vis uh, -vis defensive responsibility, but, you know, that's what we have the other lines for. Um, Cam Atkinson, uh, again, continues to to look good. Um, the And that's kind of, that's about it. It was, a, like I said, it was a very low, low event game, which after the 6-5 nightmare, I'm not necessarily angry about. I do wish we would have been able to score a goal to take it to overtime, but, you know, it, it happens. Um, and it looks like everyone kind of bounced back from the last few games. Uh, again, I don't, I'm recording this in the first intermission of tonight's game currently, so I don't know, um, I don't know if the game will continue as it's going, but as of right now, it's one nothing on a Cam Atkinson goal, his ninth of the season, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, a little bit uh, in the next section, which will be recorded after tonight's game has finished. Uh, so that is coming up in just a minute. But first, I have got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, the NHL, and college basketball are all in full swing, and pretty soon the MLB is going to be back. So if one of those sports is your sport for betting, then Bet Online has you covered. They also have awards, TV shows, and reality show odds, uh, real-time updated odds and props on basically anything you can imagine. So if you don't want to spend your hard-earned dollars on, you know, guessing where the Blue Jackets are going to finish up in the standings, but you do want to guess, you know, who is going to win the next season of The Bachelorette, then betonline.ag is somewhere you can do that they've got you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up and best of all if you use promo code locked on when you go to sign up today receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that means if you put a hundred dollars in they will give you fifty dollars for free if you put two hundred dollars in they will give you a hundred dollars for free it's that easy bet online your online sportsbook experts so we're covering everything you need to know about the Columbus Blue Jackets, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Well, that was a game, I guess. Uh, it sure was 60 minutes of hockey from the Nashville Predators, anyway, uh, and you know, maybe like 27 minutes from the Blue Jackets. Uh, Blue Jackets lose 2-1. It's their fourth loss 
in a row. Um, they are now one and four this season against Nashville. Uh, so you know you're welcome for bulking your bulking your stats, uh, Nashville. But like just just a piss poor effort from everyone involved. Um, there were some things I liked, uh, and of course when I say a piss poor effort from everyone involved, Jonas Corposalo is not included in that, I thought he had a really good game, uh, 31 saves on 33 shots, uh, it's just everybody else who is on my list right now, um, I thought the Atkinson, uh, the Atkinson Roslovic Jenner line was good. Uh, Cam scores his ninth of the season, as I mentioned just a little bit ago, and then that was that was the only goal they scored. Although I guess part that might partially be my fault because my goal for tonight's game was literally just to score one goal, um, and the finger of the monkey's paw curled down and we scored exactly one goal. So that's that's my bad. I guess, um, but apart from that, not a lot, not a lot to like in that game. The penalty kill, I thought was pretty good, the Preds were 0-4 on the power play, um, it would have been nice to get a shorthanded goal and continue tradition there, but that's besides the point, uh, power play continues to be functionally useless, because we use, we used all of our power play goals up in that game against Chicago, and now we won't score any more all season. But beyond that, I just... I don't know how you fix whatever is wrong with this team. Um, because something has got to... something has got to give. Uh, and I don't know... I don't know what it is. Like, do you trade someone? Do you fire Tortorella? Do you just give up? this year, call it a wash, get back to it next year, I don't know, but it is just such a frustrating, a frustrating thing to watch, they just, they look like they have no urgency, they're skating like they don't care, apart from like three guys, um, and then, you know, if we get into, we get into Max Domi, man, that trade is looking worse and worse every time he steps on the ice, but, you know, Josh Anderson wanted more money, so obviously we should definitely have traded him for a guy that has, like, four points on the season and is got, has gone from potentially being out of 1C to fourth-line right-wing. Um, meanwhile, Josh Anderson, I believe, is leading the, is leading the uh, Canadians in points or is second behind Tyler Toffoli. So, you know, that's, that's fine. Uh, I keep meaning to talk to the Locked On Habs guys to see if they want to do a crossover and talk about how the trade has worked out so far, but I feel like it would just be them laughing at me for 18 minutes straight. So we're not going to do that. Instead, what's going to happen is I am going to complain about Max Domi for the rest of the season on my own podcast. Um, he just looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's making stupid moves. He can't pass to save his life recently uh that was one of the things i noticed about him at the start of the season was that he's a really good passer but for whatever reason as soon as he gets the puck in the offensive zone nowadays he just like throws it away uh there was i noticed one one point uh, in particular he was on an odd man rush 
Roslovic passed him the puck, I think, and he just threw it away. Just got rid of it. Uh, and somehow, he's still getting power play time. He's still getting regularized time. It just drives me up the wall. Um, and I don't... I don't know what it is. I don't know how... Like, we've tried every conceivable line combination. We have had flashes where, you know, we've looked like a really good team. And then sometimes we have flashes where we look like we could get outplayed by literally anyone. Like, my beer league team could come in and show them how to play, you know? So, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, I do know that I went through the best part of two beers during that game uh, because it was stressful uh, and it's a Saturday night and sue me um probably should have had more beers but drunk recording is probably not not for the best um so back at it tomorrow hopefully we make a little bit more of an effort uh and you know show up for our goalie that would be nice uh i will not be making any more stupid smart ass predictions like please just score literally one goal because apparently i can only use my powers for evil um and and that's that's about it like i say i don't i don't really have a lot else to say about that game it stunk i thought it was a it's a bad game um so like that's it, it is what it is uh coming up with just a minute i have got uh, a mailbag for you all so that will be better than that game no doubt every friday on lockdown nhl join dope dibiazzi of lockdown sabers and tom gazola of tsn as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the nhl and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games from breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on saturday night joe and tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week subscribe to lockdown nhl wherever you get your podcasts so I'm going to start off with some of the um, sillier questions that I got this week, uh, because why not? Uh, I do have, like I say, I've got some more sensible ones at the beginning, um, but I do want to, uh, (laughs) three weeks in a row, my very good friend Ange has asked me about what the weirdest hat uh, we could get Patrick Laine to wear in a post-game interview is. Um, and frankly, I think that there is not a limit to the most ridiculous hat that Patrick Laine will wear. Um, I've kind of been pushing the the Borzoi in snoods angle every time he scores a goal on the Twitter. So, you know, if he scores tonight, expect to see that. Uh, I have a lot of pictures of weird dogs in hats ready, ready to go. Um, so if that's something that you enjoy then you know you're in luck uh because hopefully he will score many many goals and therefore i will get to use my many many pictures of dogs in weird hats uh uh, a more serious question from uh from my friend Ange: uh who do we try to flip at the deadline since we're probably not going to be contending and that's a tough one um i think there's probably going to be demand for savard Uh, i think we could probably flip Savard, he's a right-handed defenseman, loves to block shots. He's one of those guys that is not, you know, he's not going to be on the score sheet every night, but he is one of those guys that the, you know, capital H hockey, capital M men love because he's big and tough and hits a lot. Uh, so I think we could probably get 
some, you know, decent picks for him. Uh, potentially, we could try to flip Riley Nash. I don't know that we will. Um, we could potentially flip Del Zotto. I don't know if he wants to stick around. Uh, there are guys like, you know, Nathan Gerby. Uh, you know, depth guys, I think, that we could potentially move. But for the most part, the problem with this team is that we don't have a lot of... Um, we don't have a lot of guys that we can flip. Uh, again, potentially, like, Foligno, uh is is coming off the, the books this season. Uh, if we can get a fair price for Line A, I wouldn't be surprised if people inquire on that. But, like, for the most part, I think this team is about as put together as, you know, it can be. I don't know that there are any major pieces that Kekalainen will want to get rid of uh, because I don't know that there are any pieces that will not be more useful to us next year than uh, than some random second-round pick. Um, you know, Atkinson, we're not, we're not getting rid of. Texier is not leaving. Line A, I don't think, is leaving. Uh Domi potentially we could flip, uh, but I don't see like if his season continues as it is, I don't see anyone being willing to pick that contract up. Um, originally, I thought we might try and flip Dubois at the trade deadline, but that's obviously not happening. Um, Bjorkstrand, we're not flipping. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of good players on this team that I think we would rather keep around. Uh, instead of, you know, getting rid of youth to get more youth, so to speak. So I, you know, maybe Savard, maybe Nash, maybe Del Zotto. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Del Zotto wants to stick around, to be honest. He's having a decent year. He seems to like Tortorella well enough. He seems to like Columbus well enough. Um, and that's that's about it in terms of guys that I think we would, guys that we would and could flip. Um, so... I suspect we will not have a very exciting trade deadline this year. We never, we don't really tend to have exciting trade deadlines because Kekalainen doesn't like them. But even for like Columbus standards, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't make very many, very many moves. Um, my other questions. Uh, I got a fantastic email from LCH Song and Dance, uh, who stumbled across the podcast earlier this week. Uh, and they have some really fun kind of questions to consider. Uh, they want to know, uh, do I think the core still has a chance for playoff success? So Atkinson, Foligno, Wierenski, Jones, uh, yes, is, is the short answer. I do, I think, um, this core is still, you know, Foligno and Atkinson aside, this is still a very young team. This is still a very young core, and I think we need a couple of pieces like Felino and Atkinson to surround the youth and, you know, help them develop. Um, and, you know, as Jones and Wierenski get a little bit older, they will probably fall into that veteran role as well, which is crazy to me because Seth Jones is, like, 24 and is somehow a veteran on this team. Um, I don't necessarily think it's time to move on. I don't think we are in that rebuild stage yet. Um, and I feel like that's a that's a thing that people kind of think about hockey is that teams are either good or they need to sell everything and rebuild. 
And I think sometimes teams are allowed to just, like, have a bad year. I don't think, you know, this year is indicative of the future. I think for for whatever reason, the defense has fallen off a cliff. Um, and we can't seem to score... We can't seem to score many goals, um, which, you know, in fairness, is not unusual for this team. But I don't think that this is a team in need of rebuilding because, again, we're still super young. I think we're like the third youngest team in the league this season. Um, and I think that's, you know, partially partially what's happening is growing pains. Um, I would be surprised if this team is not mostly the same next year, um, which I am... Um, extremely okay with um and yeah like the the next few years yeah we have got some good russian talent coming in um you know we didn't talk about that a lot when uh, we were talking about the prospects with diana earlier this week about the monsters uh most of our european prospects are shaping up pretty well um so you know in a couple of years it will be good to get them some ice time but i think we still have we still have time with this group of players um so yeah, I'm not I'm not worried. I'm not like burn it down, rebuild, start again because we don't need to. I think it's frankly, I think it's a little bit of an over overreaction. Um and they also wanted to know my thoughts on John Tortorella. Uh I would not be upset necessarily if Tortorella returned next year. But I don't think he will. Uh, I think he wants to retire. I think the Blue Jackets are um, not eager to move on. But I think the Blue Jackets are probably in that transitional phase where they are trying to work out, does Tortorella want to stay? If he does, then do we want him to stay? But I think Tortorella wants to retire. I think he's done doing this. I think he wants to just kind of run away to the countryside with his dogs and his horses and just kind of live out his life there. Um, so I talked a little bit earlier earlier this week, I think, about potential replacements, um, and I still kind of stand firm on that. I think there are some good people, there are some good coaches out there that we could potentially hire, uh, we could hire from within. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset necessarily if Tortorella returned next year, but I just don't see it for whatever reason either he gets fired or we don't renew his contract or he retires those are those are the three options i don't see him resigning with us and i don't necessarily see him signing a contract with another team um is is the the very long-winded way of answering that question uh thank you to everyone who sent questions in um I, again, I look to do these kind of once a week if I can, so if you have questions, then, you know, email me or whatever, and I will put them in the list, uh, but I think that's all the time I have for today. Uh, tomorrow, if you... Next week, uh, I will, obviously, I will break down uh, a little bit more of tonight and tomorrow's game against Nashville. Uh, hopefully, we'll have an update on uh, Muslikin's soon enough uh so we'll we'll talk about that uh, i've got a couple of people lined up that i want to potentially interview so you know we'll get some updates there 
Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at JayTheGoalie. If you would like to follow this podcast, we are LO underscore BlueJacket. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJacket at gmail.com. Uh, have a great rest of the weekend, and I will see you on Monday.